following podcast contains references to the consumption of alcohol. If you are not of legal drinking age, please do not consume alcohol. Also, if you are of legal drinking age, please drink responsibly. My name is Matthew, <laughs> and my favorite piece of media that William H. Macy is in is Jurassic Park 3. And I'm Ryan, and I guess my favorite media that William H. Macy is in is Benny and June. I don't remember who he plays in it, but that's okay. He plays. <laughs> that wasn't the question. <laughs> he plays and. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the riveting performances of an ampersand. The, the titular character and. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is a podcast where we look up things William H. Macy has been in and just go, he's in that? Um, I feel like everybody (laughs) does that, though. (laughs) I feel like that's just the human existence when it comes to considering (laughs) William H. Macy. (laughs) Oh, that just made me think of, like, a Turing test for AI. It's just like... If they can comprehend William H. Macy, they're not, or they're, they're not human. (laughs) (laughs) If they, if it can tell you more than two things he's been in, (laughs) it's a robot. (laughs) And the characters he plays. Yes. (laughs) That's not a person, that's IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we're having a drink. We're trying to be succinct. And uh, mm-hmm. what are you drinking tonight, Ryan? I am drinking a rum and coke Ooh. because it's what I had in my house. What are you drinking, Matthew? I'm drinking a Shirley Temple <laughs> because uh, my logic... You like animal crackers in your soup. Monkeys and rabbits. It's not make me poop. That's Loop-de-loop. not right. <laughs> okay. loop de loop it's loop to loop. I think make me poop is what my sister and I would always say when we were little. So, um, but I have an internal logic for this. So the Shirley Temple is red, and we're tonight we're talking about Mystery Men, which, if you've seen the film, you'll remember starts with everybody say it with me: the red eyes. Attacking senior yeah. citizens, so therefore, <laughs> Shirley Temple. <laughs> also, I have a bunch of grenadine that I need to get through. <laughs> yeah, I went through like a weird period of time where like I could never remember if I had grenadine at my house, and I tend to use it in quite a few cocktails. So I had like three bottles <laughs> of the same like roses <laughs> grenadine. That, yep, that's the one I have. <laughs> legally the only one you can buy but yeah i'm getting through it i think i only have two bottles now (laughs) i feel like it's something that must have came out in the 20s because a lot of those like prohibition era cocktails have it in it 
So it feels like mm-hmm. one of those things where it came out then and everybody's like, oh, this is amazing. We should put it in everything. And then the 70s, by the 70s, everybody's just like, no, nah, we're just going to do buck wild things with like mayonnaise. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and put everything in gelatin. Yes. <laughs> it- oh my gosh. Have I shown you my like cool 70s cookbook from like the Culinary Institute? No, you showed me the the fun boy games or whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> Way out games for youth groups. <laughs> they're they're very they're oh, very way out <laughs> apparently my job now is to collect 70s instruction manuals <laughs> i mean you could do worse <laughs> <laughs> but no um i god i've had it for over a year now and i've <laughs> not used it um i got it for my birthday last year mm-hmm as like a like a fun treat and let me tell you they really really liked the concept of aspics of what like anything you can aspics like it's things submerged in jello oh i didn't realize there was a word for that (laughs) yes yes they really liked aspics um i'll never be the same (laughs) Like if it exists, they try to put it in in gelatin. I saw a pea salad in aspic. Um, I think that there is a. That sounds horrible. Yeah, none of it sounds good. I don't know why. Uh, did gelatin become widely available then? Is that when Jello came out? No, I actually looked that up the other day. Jello came out in like eighteen seventies. Is. Is it from the 1870s and you just thought it was the 1970s? No, it's definitely the 1970s. I'll have to show you in a little bit. It's really cool. Um, yeah, so like Aspics, they had several recipes for Aspics. And then they had like a bunch of weird recipes for bananas. Um, like bananas rolled in ham. And then you like cover it in bechamel sauce. <laughs> isn't, oh, isn't bechamel like creamy cheese yeah it's like a cheese dip oh thing. bananas and cheese don't <laughs> oh it makes me want to throw up <laughs> bananas and ham don't go together <laughs> i feel like i would go for bananas and ham over bananas and cheese though if i was given the option well apparently you have to have both <laughs> it's like they took oh that's that's nasty <laughs> It's like they took what they You're had on wrong, hand pal. and just was like, well, I guess this is dinner. <laughs> Eat up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's an oil crisis. <laughs> Eat this. <laughs> Jimmy Carter's president. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> Here's a banana with some cheese and ham. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, no, it it takes me back. I haven't used the... I haven't done a recipe from it yet, but maybe that'll be a fun... A fun game that we figure out later on. <laughs> just don't, just don't do the banana ham and cheese one. That's no, we're making that, and we're definitely making an aspect. We're suspending things in Jello. Yeah, I don't with aspects. I don't know what drives people to like have a meal because it like it literally would look like full meals. Like one of them looked like meatloaf with like mashed potatoes and maybe peas. 
suspended in jello. And like, I don't know what was going through their heads that they thought, hmm, this whole meal, you know what it really needs? Chewable bones. Like, let's put that in our system too. Well, it's gross. Gel isn't gelatin bones? Yeah. So they were just they were trying to do bones two ways. Do you think meatloaf is bones? I thought you said chewable bones. Yeah, that's the jello. That's the gelatin. Oh, I misunderstood. Like I don't know. I thought you meant like there was like a turkey or something, like a full cooked turkey in gelatin <laughs> and you ate the bones. No. no. No, what they need to add to a regular dinner I, is having it surrounded by chewable bones. I get you now. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so yeah, this is our podcast about <laughs> gelatin. <laughs> Please rate and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, I looked up gelatin because I thought I saw gelatin in. Uh, I was watching Pride and Prejudice again. <laughs> mm -hmm. As one does. Because I like to <laughs> I like to be happy um, But I was watching it and it there had like a dessert in it That looked like Jello and I was like That's weird <laughs> They wouldn't have had it back then And I looked and I was like oh they might have had it back then I'm guessing it wasn't like Instant Jello back then though No it was, it was like They sheets. boil bones all day Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wild Anyway, we're not talking about Jello. We're talking about Mystery Men, aren't we? A film that I think has Jello in it. it. Probably. Do they eat Jello at the diner? I think maybe it's at the beginning part with the red eyes yeah. at the old folks' home. So it comes back around. <laughs> <laughs> So today, we're talking about Mystery Men, the 1993 film? I'm going to say yes. I that have no idea. That sounds right. That's how old I am, so that seems right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think to start off, what is your history with this film? <sighs> So my dad actually liked the comics that the Mystery Men were in, mm -hmm. which is, I want to say the Flaming Carrot. That sounds right. Yeah. Which is like an old Dark Horse comic. Um, and the Mystery Men were kind of just like tossable sidekicks. Like they would change a lot because they would just be like regular people that go in and <laughs> get killed, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, like, a fun, funky concept. And so when they came off the movie, like, my dad liked the comics, so I remember watching it. But I remember watching it from, like, a very young age. Like, it was a staple. It was easily one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I would watch it that and Tank all Girl. the time. That and Tank Girl. Like, what else can a girl need? <laughs> Those early 90s movies, man, they just hit you in the heart right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you if you uh, listeners, if you haven't realized, I come from a long generation of nerds. <laughs> I'm a first generation <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> nerd. 
And so a lot of the media that, like, I stick with still, too, is, like, from when I was pretty (laughs) young. But, yeah, I come from a long line of nerds, and I was introduced to a lot of stuff at a very young age. What about you, Matthew? What's your history with mystery men? So, um... The friend that I talked about in the comics episode that had the Hulk comics in elementary school, I was over at his house one night at a sleepover, and he was like, we were probably playing RuneScape or something, and he was like, you want to watch Mystery Men? And I was like, watch what? And then he showed me Mystery Men, and next thing you know, I was going through a disco phase. (laughs) As any young boy would do. Yeah, because... For some reason, my friend and I really uh, identified with the Disco Boys, Tony P and Tony C. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was when I was introduced to it, and then I was immediately hooked. And, you know, I, I bought it on DVD and made my family watch it, and they were fine with it. <laughs> so it became a staple in our household. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's my history, and I'm sticking to it. Wish I wish that I had known you during your disco phase. I was about to say we were probably in school together, but I don't think we were because that would have been sixth grade. I don't think we acknowledged each other. Mm-hmm. That and I still would have been in elementary school, huh? <laughs> yeah, um, I had a paisley shirt and a corduroy vest <laughs> that I wore. <laughs> I have a picture of you in that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not from that era. That's from later on. But I bought it in that era when I was really into disco. <laughs> but yeah. Left the phase, kept the fashion. Yeah. Love it. Um, and talking about my disco phase rem- reminded me of my favorite my dad moment. And it was that uh, my dad hates disco because he's a rock and roll man. Um, but... He was very supportive of me in my disco phase, and I remember one day he picked me up from school and gave me like a CD that he had burnt for me that had a bunch of like disco hits on it, and we listened to that on the way home. So even That's so even sweet. though he hated disco, he was supportive. Well, not maybe not supportive. He he enabled my <laughs> love of disco, <laughs> which I secretly still have to this day. <laughs> You still have the CD, or you still love disco? I still love disco. I don't think I have the CD. It would be cute if you did. It might be somewhere, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like most things are somewhere, though. <laughs> okay, somewhere at my parents' house. Um, though I did have a habit of, if there was a blank CD with stuff on it, and I didn't know what it was, I would just throw it away. So <laughs> it might have hap- it might be in the trash somewhere i wonder how many empty cds you've thrown them all the way because of that practice like usable cds probably at, guess... at least two <laughs> maybe three. Oh man three is way too many three's company but four is a bore and five does the jive anyway mystery man <laughs> Yes, mystery men.
so this movie's buck wild. <laughs> and I don't think I really, it, I, I think on, on my first watch, I didn't understand how just buck wild it is. Because, <laughs> okay, so like a brief synopsis, you kind of touched on it, but it's like basically sea level quote unquote superheroes have to save the world. Because Greg Kinnear gets kidnapped by Jeffrey Rush and strapped to the machine that bakes him. And then they have to stop Jeffrey Rush and the Disco Boys from doing something. I don't, I'm never, I'm not sure I'm really ever clear as to what the machine does. (laughs) It's not important. This is more of a character piece than a a plot driven movie. It is probably the first time in history that um, a uh, a man is refrigerated just to get the heroes to exist better. Yeah. In that way, this movie's no. feminist, but in a different, <laughs> in- more problematic way. <laughs> There's one, maybe two women in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And they have very... <laughs> Specific, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't think it passes the Bichtel test. It definitely doesn't. Because <laughs> I don't think the two female characters... Well, they might be in the same... It might pass the Bechtel test. I know I said I wouldn't look anything up for this episode, but I'm going to look something up really quick. Because I think maybe... So, one of the women is Ben Stiller's girlfriend, and the other is Jeffrey Rush's doctor girlfriend... And they kidnap Ben Stiller's girlfriend. Oh, you're forgetting wait, about I'm forgetting the about the bowler. Yeah, there's three. There's How three women. How dare you? I didn't forget about her. I just she wasn't one of the two that I was thinking interacted. Because I don't think she ever meets Ben Stiller's girlfriend, does she? Yeah, because they save her. But I mean, they don't talk. They might. How do you spell whatever? Google. B-E-C-H-D-E-L? Yeah, you're right. Hey, who's a feminist? Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so while Ryan's looking that up, I will finish my synopsis. So basically, they have to save the world from Jeffrey Rush and the Disco Boys because Greg Kinnear and his hubris has defeated all the supervillains, but he still wants to fight him. So he lets Jeffrey Rush out of jail. And then Jeffrey Rush murks him. And zaniness ensues. The plot's not strong. It's a very character driven piece. It's the it and the it's it's buckwild that this movie was made to me because this is the period of time it's before like X-Men and Blade. Mm-hmm. But after the Schumacher Batman which is like the dead zone for superhero movies yeah and for some reason what is it like New Line Cinema or whatever was just like yeah we'll make this movie based off an obscure comic starring Ben Stiller Hank Azaria and William H. Macy (laughs) it's wild Uh, if you were wondering it passes one of the three Bechdel tests which which one 
There are multiple named characters. <clears throat> but they never talk about something that isn't a Other man. Other than a man. They did note that there is a female reporter who is credited as reporter. So she's not named. And she does ask a question that the bowler answers. But it doesn't actually... Because they're not both named characters, it doesn't get to pass that test. Yeah, and that that's kind of gray, too, because they're kind of talking about the men. Because doesn't she ask them what they're called, and she says the mystery men? I think so. she's so. kind of talking about... Yeah, that was just like a... That was just yeah. like a, an added... Like, technically, an encounter did happen, but it wasn't <laughs> actually. <laughs> technically, there was an encounter. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the plot. I skipped over a bunch of quality stuff, but that's basically. There were a lot of goofs. Was it the first movie, superhero movie with like an ensemble cast? Like, is this just a. So, okay. Yeah. Yes. Did Mystery (laughs) Men walk so Avengers could run? Yes, this is, I think, well, there's an t- obscure TV movie <laughs> called The Legend of the Superheroes that has the okay. Justice League in it, but they're like low budget, low, low, low budget, like Adam West Batman Justice League, mm-hmm. but it wasn't released in theaters like this was. Okay. That's the only thing I can think of. That has an ensemble superhero cast. But yes, this is Avengers before the Avengers, basically, with more disco, which is a Breaking. shame. The Avengers should have had more disco. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it would have made $2 billion if it had more disco. It Could you argue that some of the songs... From What's-His-Face's playlist are disco. I'm trying to remember all of that playlist. and I, I want to say yes. I think that Rubber Band Man is technically disco. But I'm not going <laughs> to say it for sure. <laughs> um, sure. Let's just say there's probably disco on there. I mean, it's... So nothing could have saved the Avengers. They were never making $2 million or $2 billion. <laughs> yeah. Well, specifically the first movie. I think the other ones made more than $2 billion. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, this is basically the Avengers part one. Um, yeah, this it's, it's just a crazy, crazy film. So a lot happens and it is one that like, it's like, yes, there's a cohesive story, but I feel like it's more, um, distinct scenes (laughs) set that definitely it it's more of a comedy than a superhero movie because superhero movies didn't exist (laughs) for sure 
Um, I will be completely transparent because I wanted to keep the nostalgia and I was afraid of the blatant sexism of the 90s that I have not rewatched it in the last... Probably, I, have, I don't think I've watched it for like a couple years now. I th- think... I want it to stay in that nostalgia zone. <laughs> so I think it's in that sort of Star Trek-y zone where it's like there are moments that aren't sexist and try to like like comment on the sexism but then there's Mm -hmm. also that scene where they have like the gun that shrinks people's clothes and they use it on the ladies and ben stiller's like i think my pants are shrinking yeah that's that's not a great scene (laughs) that that one's a whoops (laughs) (laughs) um but that's the only thing that sticks out in my mind. But I also have not seen it in a minute. It's a good movie. I just I think that there are some movies that need to stay in the nostalgia zone and maybe don't need to be revisited. And I think that maybe this is one of them. Yeah. For the time, a- <laughs> it was a great movie for me to watch. There's a definite definite asterisk on this one that's like, hey, it was made in the 90s. It might be a little yikes <laughs> at times. Um, For sure. But I'm, I feel like they tried to use the bowler for like commentary on the sexism at parts. Because mm-hmm. I think... God, she was my favorite character. There's, there's parts of the film where they tell her to do something or something. And she's like, is, cause I'm a woman. And they're mm-hmm. all like, no, uh. but yeah, she, she's a great character. I love that. She her, really, I wanted to be her. I love that. Her dad's skull is in the bowling ball. <laughs> she can mm-hmm. hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't bowl, but I want that bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a professional bowler, <laughs> Um, you just need resin and a human. You can have my skull. If I die before you, you can make my skull into a bowling ball. Are podcasts legally binding? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'll a, find an Is this a verbal contract? <laughs> this is a verbal contract. If I die before you, you can have my skull, but you have to turn it into a bowling ball. Uh, and you have to talk to me at least once a week. Okay. Do we know a notary that listens? <laughs> if you're a notary and you listen to this podcast, reach out. <laughs> there are notaries at my job. And I've considered becoming a notary because apparently it's like a handy little. Because mm-hmm. it's like you don't know you need one until you need one kind of a thing. Yeah. And then when you need one, just some random person's like, oh, yeah, I'm a notary. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a beam of light shines down on them from the heavens. We should become notaries. Notaries. And I am an ordained minister in the, through the Church of Life. So. So I can do weddings. <laughs> and if you were a notary, you could notarize those weddings. <laughs> I should. Full service, baby. Um, Actually, I don't think you can notarize something if you sign it. Like, you have to have, like, a different... Because it's, like, a witness, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, a certified witness sort of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, mystery man. <laughs> um, Sorry, I got lost in Dreamland where I went <laughs> to gay weddings. Your your magical fantasy <laughs> of being a notary. <laughs> Some women daydream about being. Some women daydream about everything. Women can daydream about anything. Women, but I know women can a lot be of women, anything, especially notaries. Yeah. I know a lot of women in my life whose daydream is like if they weren't doing the job that they're currently in, they would like to be a florist. That's perfect. I understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Mine is I want to, <laughs> I want to do weddings. <laughs> and I guess part of that is I want to notarize things. <laughs> So we've kind of touched on the casting a little bit mm-hmm. and how wild it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> do we want to go through like the major characters and just say who they are so people can be like, what? <laughs> yes. Um, I will start with the person we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. William H. Macy <laughs> is the shoveler. <laughs> he plays the shoveler. <laughs> And he says a line that my family quotes all the time, which is when his wife is, there's another woman, he has a wife, um, but his wife is telling him to like give up being a superhero. And he's like, I shovel well, I shovel very well. (laughs) And that's his power. So if anytime like me or my dad does anything like, well, we'll be like, I shovel well, I shovel very well. (laughs) But yeah, quality <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the Blue Raja, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That's his name. Which, that's another 90s yikes. And I think they don't, at one point, they're like, they they make a comment about how it's kind of yikes in the film. Yeah. Touching on it doesn't <laughs> make it okay, though. <laughs> but it was the 90s and they tried. <laughs> Not to, not to, like, condone it, but. And he throws spoons. No, he he throws forks. Forks. Right, right, right. Or, is it spoons? It's forks. No, it's it's forks. Because he sits, he sits right. on one at one point in a, in a fun little gag. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, like, one section where he throws something, but it is a spoon. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. Um, Which is another just weird fucking. Why forks? <laughs> what what? Uh, because if it was spoons, it wouldn't do anything. <laughs> That's fair. He also has a mom. Yep, there's another female character. <laughs> Granted, most people have moms. <laughs> well, yeah. Statistically, <laughs> most people have mothers, I guess, maybe, is it better. And I remember, like, that weird scene. It's not a weird scene, but, like, he's it's going a weird through scene. her it's a weird silverware. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, no, it is a weird, <laughs> it's a weird movie, but he steals her silverware, and she's like, go get him, or whatever. It was <laughs> Doesn't she give him, like, a special fork, too, that's been in the family? No, I think that he's just going through her regular drawers and then she gives him like the like the fancy silver. Yeah, that's it. 
Why? Why? What is Ben Stiller's character's name? Because I don't Mr. Furious. <laughs> Mr. Furious. I had to look it up. Because <laughs> I just always think of him as Ben Stiller. <laughs> Basically, his thing is like, he's always kind of angry, but it's not really like a Hulk thing. He's just angry. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like a point where they attack Jeffrey Rush's limo. Which, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Rush's name in this film is Casanova Frankenstein. Which is the best villain what, name that's yeah. ever existed. What what a gift to the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're attacking his limo, and he, like, tries to rip off the little, like, logo on the front of the limo, and he can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, scratches at it. Yeah. it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's, like, the core three. And then once Greg Kinnear dies... Or no, before Greg Kinnear dies, they hold tryouts mm-hmm. to expand the team. And that's where... And to rescue Greg Kinnear. Yeah. And that's where we meet the bowler. Yes. Played by Janine my... Garofalo. Yes. She is my favorite character. She is... Uh, I don't... In a, in a film of very good characters, she is, like, top tier. <laughs> She really is, and I don't know, and it kind of falls into, like, when I was younger, did I love her because she was the only girl character, or, like, the only girl superhero, mm-hmm. or did I love her because she was a good character? And I think I loved her because she was a good character. <laughs> I think I think so. I feel like Janine Garofalo plays, plays the character well. She's very rough and tumble. Um, mm-hmm. Well, her dad... Really funny. Her dad was killed by gangsters, so... Her dad was killed by gangsters. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And then the fucking... The head and the... Yeah. <laughs> bowling ball that talks to her is just great. And the conversations they have are very father-daughter. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, just, like, the whole thing is just great. Yeah. I can't wait for my... Yeah, I can. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, don't finish that sentence. Um... <laughs> But yeah, doesn't it, isn't it one of the conversations at one point that her dad wants her to go to like college or something? <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm trying to avenge your death. <laughs> um, so I can't remember who we meet next. I don't think we're going in order anyway. But um, no. Kel Mitchell, very 90s, plays the... She plays the invisible boy, boy right? Mm-hmm. Um, who can only be invisible if nobody's looking. And it's kind of a joke throughout the movie that they're like, that's not being invisible. (laughs) But it turns out at the end, spoilers, he does actually become invisible, but his clothes also fall fall off. So, (laughs) which I just assumed he took them off. I think they fall off. I think you like see him hit the like fall off. Not Mm. like he's taking them off Mm. because it's also the joke that he turns around and they're looking at him, and he's he's visible again, and he's naked, and he he seems shocked that he is naked. So <laughs> I don't think it was an intentional thing. Um, and then Paul Rubin is the spleen, whose power is he has <laughs> he was cursed by a gypsy <laughs> to have deadly farts. <laughs> Yeah. Which is Which is also yikes. Yeah, 90s yikes. <laughs> um 
And then, let's see. There's also the Sphinx, played by Wes Studi. Study? I've never heard his name pronounced. But he is the mysterious Native American man who gives out wisdom that is sort of like circular logic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is another. <laughs> I feel like their intent for that one was to make fun of the like mysterious native character, uh-huh. but at the same time they're doing it by making fun of it. So yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna call that another <laughs> '90s. Yikes! Yeah, and I think that's everybody. I do too. Because there's seven of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the core cast. And then Greg Kinnear is Captain Am- Amazing or something dumb like that. <laughs> but he's just supposed <laughs> to be like the do-goody. He's supposed to be like Captain America, but he's corp- He's sponsored by corporate America, man. He's, he's capitalism, man. <laughs> is this movie about capitalism versus socialism? No, I don't think the 90s were that deep. <laughs> the 90s were where we were starting to be like, is capitalism bad? But we hadn't quite formed that thought yet. I feel like the 90s were like coming off the, like, capitalism is the only way. Mm-hmm. Also, we're all recovering from doing a lot of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, one time I watched a documentary about the band Chicago. <laughs> You're gonna say one time I did cocaine. <laughs> no, but one time I watched a documentary about the band Chicago for some reason, and they talked about how they had a phone booth on stage that just had a bunch of coke in it. So, like in the middle of the show, they would just go into that phone booth and do a bunch of coke, and then come out and play songs. <laughs> and it was just like, what is your life? <laughs> that could not have been a good show. <laughs> People paid money for this. Um. But yeah, that's that's the cast, and it kind of segues us into a fun new segment that I thought up called... Oh, yeah? They're in that? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a game where I give you a character, or not a character, an actor. Not necessarily an actor. I give you a human being, <laughs> and you have to tell me whether or not they are in the film Mystery Bin. Okay. Are you ready, ready to play? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to start you off with an easy one, mm-hmm. just to sort of ease us in. Janine Garofalo, <laughs> is she in Mystery Men? Yes. Correct. Okay. You Hooray. have You have five points, and you can redeem those points at any Costco for the value of one one-hundredth of a penny. <laughs> okay. So, your next human being is Celine Dion. Is Celine Dion... In Mystery Men. I'm... Oh my god. She's not in it. There's no way. Correct. She is not in Mystery Men. Okay. 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 Your next human is... Corbin Blue from Disney's Jump Up. Is Corbin Blue in Mystery Men? Is he one of the Shoveler's kids? Is that your... Is that your answer? I'm going to say yes, and he's one of the Shoveler's kids. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
um, famous musician Tom Waits. It's Tom Waits in Mystery Men. No. He's Dr. Joseph A. Heller. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't like that. (laughs) I kept almost saying that, but then I was like, no, wait, that's part of the game. (laughs) I need to not say anything. Okay. Your next I'll I'll do two more. Okay. Okay. Your next human director Michael Bay. Is no, director he's... Michael Bay in Mystery Men? He's not in it. He isn't. He's not in it. <laughs> Incorrect. He is in it. No. <laughs> he's one of the frat boys at uh Casanova Frankenstein's big party at the end. Oh, gross. Yep. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, okay, and I know I said I only did, I was only going to do two more, but I'm going to do two more after this one. Okay, so <laughs> your next human uh-huh. musician, CeeLo Green. Yes, he isn't. I remember him he, in that because I was like, that's weird. Yep, he is <laughs> with members of his musical group, The Goody Mob, as... The not so goody mob. <laughs> okay, and this one's for all, all the marbles. Okay. Is actor Doug Jones, who, best known in our world as Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies, in Mystery Okay. Movie. I don't know. Um, I can't picture where he would be. And I'm hitting that point where like most of the answers have been yes. So I can't tell if this is a, a trick. I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, but why would you end on a no? Would I? Yeah, I'm going to say no. Incorrect, he is. He is Pencilhead. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah he is. <laughs> which also reminds me, Dane Cook is in this movie as the Waffler, which is not great. <laughs> oh, man. So that yeah, was... Yeah, <laughs> Pencilhead and Son of Pencilhead. That was a good bit. <laughs> yep. So that was the fun new game. They're in that? <laughs> Thank you. I enjoyed yes. playing it. What else is there to talk about? Oh, another random thought. All Star by Smash Mouth mm-hmm. was written for this film. It was written for it? I'm pretty sure. It, it was either written for it or it premiered on the soundtrack. <laughs> So before wow. before that was a Shrek song, it was the Mystery Men song. Just a just a fun tidbit. This has been Tidbit Corner. <laughs> I hate that name, <laughs> and I regret it instantly. Back a lot or just a tidbit. Okay. So.
I think I think that's all I have to say about Mystery Men. Is there anything that you would like to add? Um God, the plot is just bizarre. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I really do only remember like bits and pieces like it's like I know the overall plot but like the scenes like the individual scenes and the way the characters react to each other like I feel like it would have been a fun movie to be in like to act in Mm -hmm. because like it is kind of that first ensemble cast and there are a lot of (laughs) I don't know how popular they were when the movie came out but like I feel a lot of people who are pretty well known now I feel like Hank Azaria might be like the lowest like tier celebrity in like the main ensemble, but I feel like everybody was pretty popular at the time because mm-hmm. uh, would this have been around? No, that would have been what I feel like Ben Stiller was in something like popular. Zoolander. I feel like that was like early 2000s. It, I'm sure it was. It seems very early 2000s. <laughs> I don't. He, <laughs> he might have been in like a TV show or something. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like they were popular, but they weren't like well known. Mm-hmm. I think maybe. I don't know. I was. I don't think I was alive when the movie came out, or if I was, I was like a little. Little tyke. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the disco boys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so because I love them, <laughs> and the head disco boy. <laughs> Is it Tony P or Tony C? I don't remember. One of the one of those funky Tonys. It's Eddie Izzard, whoever they play. Is, just iconic yeah <laughs> like the costumes the the style the, the scene flair. where the scene where they dance to uh oh what is it it's a bg song it's not staying alive or is it saturday night fever i don't remember. i don't remember the song i yeah. was never that into disco i don't think i picked it up i do remember like there's like a scene where they were like and then they like jumped or like fell it was a weird thing (laughs) i just remember like sharp glimpses yeah it's like i i can remember random scenes it's like i feel like i remember the whole movie but i remember it in random scenes that aren't in sequential order (laughs) if that makes sense (laughs) no yes it makes sense but they're not like it's just little blurbs here and there but i do I feel like every time the disco boys were on screen, I was just enthralled with whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I if you're talking about like a commitment <laughs> to an aesthetic, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because there's a there's a scene where uh, Casanova Frankenstein's talking to Tony. I, th- I can't. I think it's Tony C. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't remember which one's which, but. Um, he says Casanova Frankenstein says something like disco is dead. And Tony sees like disco is not dead. Disco is life. And that was just sort of the creed I lived by my sixth grade year. 
man. Hell yeah, Disco's life. God. It's coming back. Arcade Fire made a disco album that everybody hated, but I loved it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody had your sixth grade experience, though. Not everybody has had the experience of watching Mystery Men then falling in love with disco. (laughs) And then years later, becoming a fan of Arcade Fire, and then a couple more years later, (laughs) then putting out a disco album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so what would you rate Mystery Men? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go pure nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Not like not. I'm not gonna say ignoring the yikes, but just like acknowledging it, but not using it to rank it. Okay. Um, I would rank it four bowlers bowling balls out of. Seven. No, okay. no, I don't like that rating system. Give me a second. I'm gonna rank it. Um, two Tony P's out of <laughs> three Disco Boys. <laughs> I think my rating changed, but <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Okay. Pure nostalgia. Um. I'm going to give it one ah-ah from Staying Alive. Out of four? Out of... Uh, Technically, throughout the song, there's a lot more than four. (laughs) So is it it one out of all the ahs in a song, or is it one out of the four in that bit of the chorus? I'm going to say out of the bit in the chorus, because I think that that's too many. If it like it's good, okay, let me real quick just let me what Google it? how many Oz are in staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say just the just the first chorus, like just that little section. One out of four is what I'm saying. Like it's it's okay. Um, um, I'm <laughs> being generous with the nostalgia. I feel like so there is no answer to how many Oz are in staying alive. But I'm now on the Glee wiki <laughs> about <laughs> their cover of that. Ooh. Does it have an alignment? Does the song have... <laughs> do they give songs the song, alignment? <laughs> according to the Glee wiki, the song is chaotic neutral. <laughs> um, it's... Uh, Oh, what was it? It's uh, paraphernalia is a hooky beat. And um, (laughs) wait, give me a second. It's uh, the rest of its paraphernalia is 104 beats per minute. (laughs) (laughs) And some some tight harmonies. (laughs) And that's what the wiki says. (laughs) And I think I think they're going to delete that. So if you if you look later. It might not be on there, but at moment of recording, it is. So, <laughs> those pesky Glee wikis and constantly updating. <laughs> Are Glee fans called Gleeks? I think so, but I don't like that. Yeah, that makes me angry. 
that's not how I want to end this episode. <laughs> Angry about Glee. What is this, high school? <laughs> I want this to be middle school. I want to be happy about disco, not angry about Glee. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to the Bee Gees real quick, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll come back and finish the show so I can be in a better place. <laughs> okay, so this has been an episode of a little show we like to call Disco Boys. <laughs> I'm Tony C. And I'm Tony P. And if you want to follow us on socials, follow us at the Disco Boys. <laughs> um, just kidding. This is That was a goof. This is actually rhetorical magic cocktail hour. Um, sorry, sorry to spring this on you at the end. Um... But if you want to follow us, we're at Rhetorical Magic on everything. On Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, I guess on everything. <laughs> on everything. Everything that matters. Yeah. I was about to we're say. We're going to be on Tumblr soon. <laughs> I was going to say suck at Zuckerberg, but I think Facebook owns Instagram, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't they have to sell Instagram? I don't know. I don't keep up with it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm Follow at, us on social media. Yeah, I'm at RMCH Matt. And I am at Queer Mothra. Um, you know, be good to one another. Disco's not dead, disco is life. Um, you know, just have, just have a nice trip. Uh, see you next fall. The, the, Shovel, shovel well, shovel very well in everything that you do. And like we say, at the end of every episode. Clink. I was going to try to hold it so we had a, an hour on the record, but that would be three minutes of silence. <laughs> <laughs> Macy, I have to Google one thing. <laughs> He's in a lot more than you would think. I know, that's what I... Because <laughs> in my head, I can only remember him in two things, and he plays a very different character. He's a chameleon. I know him from three things, one of one of which we're talking about this evening. Okay, I know him and I have seen two things he's been in. Only two? It appears that way. Huh. Oh, three, but I don't remember him in that one, so I guess it doesn't count. <laughs> Who did he play in Billy and, or in uh, Benny and June? Oh, I don't know. I didn't realize he was in that. 
This is probably podcast material. We should probably do the clap. <laughs> okay. All right. Three, two, 